Welcome to another episode of the Red Arrow Health and Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Marco, with my lovely co-host, Jessica. How's it going, Jessica? Going well. How are you, Marco? I'm doing great. Awesome. That might be a little bit too enthusiastic for how I'm actually feeling, but <laughs> doing better than last week. <laughs> it's going pretty well, though. Uh, this week, we got a fun topic to talk about. Yes. We're also going to update the Red Arrow Challenge. Yes. After our main feature. Kind of like we did last week. Mm-hmm. But first, what's new? We did Kid Meal again this past Woo! week. Woo! Kid Meal. I know. It's exciting. It is. It means we don't have to cook as much and we get less complaints. No complaining. And when there is complaints, it's not about what I cooked. Right. So kid number one made fresh guacamole. Ooh, it's like the old days of going to the restaurant where they do guacamole live, and table I side. taught her exactly how to use the forks to mash it and she decided to have an argument with me about why she couldn't just use the potato masher. And I had to tell her because that's not nearly as fun as the forks. It's not. Right. But she did like it, and her guacamole turned out perfect. So she did a great job. Kid number two had, he made turkey tacos. He's getting very into this ground, doing things with ground turkey. Yeah, I think maybe because it's easy. All you have to do is cook it and mush it. I think working with ground beef is better, but not better, but easier. That's true. It's actually really good for kid number two because he's got to put his hands in the bowls and really work the meat to mix things The ground turkey is usually a little wetter, so like when we do turkey burgers, it's a little bit harder to hold them together and make the patties, and right. ground beef tends to be easier to work with, but whatever, he likes he likes turkey. He does. Pork with turkey. Mm-hmm. Kid number three made Spanish rice, and that's always a hit in this house. From scratch? No, from a box. Yeah, it worked. And a can of tomatoes. And kid number four made s'mores. Of course she did, because we also did our second edition of Outdoor Movie Night. Woohoo! Had some friends over, watched a movie out in the yard, on the side of the house. It was great. We broke out the old, old cult classic, Undercover Blues. Undercover Blues. This movie's great. It's got spies. It's got intrigue. It's got a really inept mugger. Yay, Stanley Tucci. <laughs> I'd and say, a baby. I, I'd There's say a baby in there. It's like a campy James Bond, but those were pretty campy for a while, too. It's something we could show the kids, and we could put on the side of the house without the neighbors complaining. Right. It was fun, and the weather was great. And on Sunday, we went fishing for Father's Day. It was really exciting because everybody caught one. Even, even you. If, yeah, even me. It took a while, but I finally got one. It was a pretty good-sized fish. Um, but kid number four actually caught and reeled in her very own fish all by herself, which was really impressive because she was holding my fishing rod and it's like a lot bigger than she I is. I was looking at the photos and I'm in the background grinning into ear because you, you cast your line out there. Yep. Then you handed your rod to her so you could go help one of the other kids with a hook or a snag or something. And she's there and she saw the bobber go down and started cranking away and... This rod is, what, four times as long as she is tall? Basically. So it's already comical. The thing's bending. I'm like, oh, is this fish going to pull her into the water? (laughs) That would have been so funny. She reeled the thing in. Nice little bluegill. It was just her size. Yes, it was. Yeah, but she was so... Even if the pole wasn't. She was so proud of herself for the rest of the day. She ran up to us and said, guess what? I caught a fish all by myself. We called my parents for Father's Day, and she said, pop up. I caught a fishy, and he was ridiculously proud of her. So cute. And we were doing catch and release, and she did her own release. Sort of. I mean, we had to unattach it for her. Well, yes. Yes, we did hand it to her, and she tossed it back in like a champ. That's awesome. 
Also this week, we kept working on uh, Kid One's cross-country training. Uh, we moved from the roots and the paths near the house. Now she's really picking up stride. So I took her downtown to the routes we do near the high school that are right downtown by the beach, by the river, which is a big, exciting thing for her. And even though in some of them we were just going for shorter distances, but she's going faster. She's having more fun. She's like, this is actually interesting. There's <laughs> stuff to see. So that was exciting for me, too, because, all right, uh, it's more excitement and more to see for me, too. Mm -hmm. But she's really coming along, so I was really happy with that. And then there's hockey. So close. We're getting close. I can't believe it. Uh, Michigan's still not allowed. It, we had a glimmer of hope. Uh, judge shot down the order that was keeping all the gyms and fitness centers and hockey rinks closed. And then the governor appealed, and the appeal was upheld, and we can't play. But we were driving by the rink, and I popped in to talk to the rink owner and just see what was going on. And there's that that smell of fresh ice, <laughs> not the smell of stinky hockey bags, because that's long Thank since goodness. yeah, that's long since aired out. Ew. It's just the smell. And people who are around ice rinks know if you ignore the smell of hockey players and fermenting hockey bags, there's the smell of the refrigerant. The the ice has a smell, and missed it. Missed the just the feeling. Kid One was loving it because we had just finished a run, so it was nice and cold in there. Uh, the new ice is in. It's painted. It's ready. It, the ice is aching for hockey players. We want to get out of it. Uh, the rink management has been busy working on their COVID-19 adjustments, and as soon as there's the green light, we're going. And speaking of cold places, we had our first recorded podcast download from Canada. Canada, eh? Hey. Yay, Canada! Thanks, Yay, guys. Canada! Thank you. It was Ontario, in fact. Ooh. Go in, Ontario, Quebec. It's your turn now. Start listening. <laughs> well, Jessica, what do you have in front of you tonight? I have a Moscow mule. Really? Anything special with it? Uh, no, I mean, it's pretty much your standard Moscow mule, except, let's see, I am trying a new ginger beer tonight, and it is the Zevia Mixer ginger beer. And it tastes pretty good. I mean, it. I mean, it tastes exactly like the other kind of ginger beer I was drinking. The Bartlett's. Yeah. So okay. This one has zero, zero calories, so it's exciting. And then there's just kettle one vodka in there, and a little squeeze of lime, and a little slice of lime for garnish. Does kettle one sponsor us? No. It's just what was in the liquor cabinet. Yep. Are we sponsored by the lime industry <laughs> or whoever? That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be <laughs> odd. Uh, and are we kind of sponsored by any of the uh, ginger beer? No. Yeah. Nope, nope. What are you drinking, Marco? I'm having a red gin. A red gin. A red gin. It looks pink. Well, I went light on the red part. <laughs> but it is a dry gin. It's a splash of seltzer. It's a little bit of grenadine. I went light on the grenadine. Uh, but to balance out the missing sweetness, I threw in a little of our sugar-free simple syrup. And then uh, a few dashes of uh, Peychaud's bitters. Mix it all up. And then for the gin, I went with a Michigan gin. And usually we go with a uh, Journeyman gin because mm -hmm. they're they're nearby. They're close. I like supporting local companies. But this is a Michigan gin. It's uh, the two Jameses out of Detroit. This is their old Cockney gin, which just sounded fun to me. <laughs> this one's a little bit more floral than the Journeyman gin. Hmm. So it's it's different, but I like it. Good. Like them both, different. Uh, they do not sponsor us. Nope. Neither does Journeyman. Nope. Even though we got a lot of that in our that liquor cabinet. Amazing. 
Well, I mean, they're right down the road, so we go straight to the distillery. Whereas Detroit's a little bit more of a hike across the other side of the state. Yep. Well, sweetie, cheers. Cheers. That was a weak cheers. Do it again. Okay. It's the cups. It's the, yeah, that copper cup you have. The copper cup. Oh, well. Muffles the sound. Drink up. teased at the end of our last episode this week for our main feature it's a foodie episode yum yum jessica let's do lunch let's do lunch so these are low carb easy lunch options easy with an asterisk because some of you might need to prep the night before and throw in the fridge (laughs) but they are low carb lunch options for people like us who like to eat low carb Mm -hmm. diet we each have a list of uh, 10 lunch items that are low carb Plus, we have the bonus round, which is our hot dog challenge. (laughs) So really 11 each. So you're about to get 22 recipes that are low carb. So Jessica, you are up first. What is your first recipe? An old standard, it's tuna salad. It's super easy. If you're having a very busy day, it'll take you like, I don't know, seven minutes to make it. And it's very good for you. So your ingredients are a can of tuna fish, two tablespoons of mayonnaise, and for this one, I put in some Dave's Spicy Pickles diced up. And then fresh ground pepper. So what you're going to do is you're going to drain and mash up your tuna fish, add your mayonnaise, add your pepper, and add your pickles. Mix it up really well. And then you're going to eat it. Um, just a disclaimer on this one. I use the Dave's Pickles, which are amazing. Famous Dave's. Yes, they're so good. But they have sugar in them. And there's like one serving of the pickles has like nine carbs. So... If you are doing a low carb and you are being very strict about it, you need to not put these pickles in. But if you're not... Or or, take it easy on it. Right. And so what I had to do um, was I had one serving of pickles, which was four. And then for the rest of the day, I made sure that my carb count was low so that I could stay under my limit for the rest of the day. You know that it took me a long time to eat tuna salad? Why? Um, My mom used to make tuna boats or open face tuna melts. Mm. Yeah, you growing up. On tuna fish. Well, on toast, put it in the oven, put a slice of Craft uh, American singles on it. Oh, put it in there so you melt the cheese and you toast it, and it was not a fan. That's disgusting. So when you, I met you and you're eating tuna salads. Yeah. That's what it brought to mind. It took many years for me to get over that and be able to eat tuna salad. Well, you still almost never eat. It, I still so. almost never eat it, and I definitely don't put American cheese over it and melt it in the Nor oven. Nor should you. That's an abomination. All to, right. You know, to each your own. There might be people out there who like it. But I'll take a pass. Okay, so if you're if you're watching your carbs, skip the pickles. If you're not watching your carbs, go nuts on the pickles because they're amazing in the tuna fish. Marco, what do you have? So for my list, I'm starting easy and I'm getting more involved. I think I kind of did this with some of our other foodie episodes. Probably. So my first one is kind of lame, but it is a protein bar and a cold coffee for us. Cold coffee can mean a coffee I made in the morning and the kids distract me or the phone started ringing (laughs) for work or something and I finally found it around lunchtime (laughs) or iced coffee that I already have in the fridge. For the protein bars, I actually have been going with these Kirkland protein bars I found at Costco. They're Kirkland brand. They have four different flavors. They're low in net carbs, Mm -hmm. high in protein because you got to watch out for protein bars. A lot of them are almost like more sugar than a candy bar. They load up on the carbs even though they're high in protein. These balance out pretty well. Uh, they work well. They're 
and they're not overly expensive. Kids love them too, so it's nice to buy something where it's not just special for me. It's we can all eat them. Mm-hmm. If you need to keto up this lunch, if you're doing that uh, and you need more fat, you can put heavy cream in your uh, iced coffee. You can put a little MCT oil in. Although if it's an iced coffee, you just expect it to congeal into globs because it's cold. Yeah, it does that with hot coffee too, though. So That's true. But that will put fat in there. Or you can have your iced coffee black or with sugar-free sweetener. And then have a fat bomb on the side if you're looking for the extra fat. If you're not doing keto and you're not worried about the extra fat, your coffee, your protein bar, you're good to go. Power through in the afternoon. Jess, number two? Number two is another really easy one. Chicken salad! Um, you're not going to do like ham salad or something next and like oh, steak gross. salad? No, this will be the end of... Well, no, it won't, but no, we're not doing a hand salad. The mayonnaise based salads, egg salad. Yeah. All right. So chicken salad. This is super duper easy. It will also take you about seven minutes unless you have to cook a chicken. Then it takes a little bit longer. You need one chicken breast, two tablespoons of mayonnaise, and pepper to taste. So you're going to have your cooked chicken breast, chop it up however you like. I like to do a combination of shredding and chopping just because it's fun. And then put it in a bowl, add your mayonnaise, add your pepper, mix it well, and eat it. Some variants. Eat it! Eat it! I like to put pickles in mine, um, <laughs> obviously. Do we need to put a disclaimer out there that you're not pregnant? Maybe. I'm Maybe. Sure people I know that's stereotypical, that. but, you know, people are going to wonder and we're going to get comments. For sure not. Good Lord. No. 100% positive, not pregnant not right pregnant. now. No, but pickles are really, really good in chicken salad. Um, they are. Sometimes, not arguing. Sometimes I like to put red onion and celery in there. I never, ever, ever put raisins into my chicken salad because that is a culinary crime and it should be illegal. It's a culinary crime. That's the kind of a chicken salad I grew up with. We had apples no. and like it had apples and raisins and occasionally walnuts in it. That's what I grew up with. Fruit? I actually don't mind that one. Fruit of any kind does not mix with mayonnaise. It just doesn't. Well, does it make a difference that we didn't have mayonnaise in the house growing up? It was Miracle Whip. Oh, Oh, you're eating cheesy tuna fish and slime with raisins in it. Ick. All right. (laughs) So that's the Not eating eight, past tense. (laughs) So that... Or as the kids would say, eated. (laughs) I eated it. Uh, Eated it, but no. Uh, Not anymore. Not for a long, long time. Is that right? We don't buy that. I, I would, though, eat the um, the chicken salad with the raisins and the apples and celery and walnuts in it, because it was good. You know, when you just sit here silently shaking your head, doesn't translate well to an audio-only format. I've already said it's a culinary abomination. Moving on. <laughs> What's your number two? Chocolate protein shake. Awesome. So to make this, I go with a half cup of heavy cream, one and a half to two cups of unsweetened almond milk, Two to three uh, teaspoons of Dutch processed ground cocoa. Not like hot chocolate, but like what you use when you bake. Mm -hmm. Two to three tablespoons of Swerve confectioner's sweetener. This is a sugar alternative, uh, but basically it's confectioner's sugar. Mm -hmm. A protein powder or protein collagens. Watch out for the protein powders. A lot of them have carbs built in, especially if you get one that's also chocolate flavored, which is why we're going with the ground cocoa. 
Uh, the collagens usually are pretty neutral in flavor, so you can just throw them in to put in your protein. If you need more flavor, you can add a few drops of extracts, uh, mint, like spearmint, or you can do peppermint, maple, what have you. You're making a face at maple. I don't like maple. Sorry. Coffee extract. Take it easy on these, but yes. just a few drops go along. You know, one, you don't want to overpower the flavor. Two, you can inadvertently be adding a lot of carbs, mm -hmm. but a few drops won't kill you. It will just add some nice flavor. Throw it in the blender, mix it up till it looks well mixed, then open it up. Be sure it stopped running when you open it up. Add one to two cups of ice and mix again until smooth. If you want it thicker, you want that deep, rich milkshake effect, add a quarter to a half teaspoon, not tablespoon, of xanthan gum. Put the lid back on and mix it until smooth. That would be enough to serve one to two people. Yay, you can share. Yes, or not, depending on the day. Now, if I'm coming <laughs> home from a big workout. Yeah. Essentially, what you have is a, a chocolate milkshake is what it tastes like. But it's good for you, so you can feel like you're adulting. Yay, adulting. You've had them. How's it taste? They're amazing. I really like them. It really does feel like we're having dessert for lunch. Yes, it's um, delicious. And the kids always get really jealous. They're like, why do you get to have a chocolate milkshake for lunch and we don't? Because we're grown-ups. That's why. We ate our veggies as kids. Jessica, number three for you is what? Tomato soup with goat cheese. Ooh. Yes, this is very yummy. Um, your ingredients, you're going to need one can of tomato paste. We use the 15-ounce can of Contadina tomato paste. Because that's what was left on the shelves. That was what was at the store. Well, and thing, it's so weird what's wiped out of the stores, even this far into this whole COVID thing. Yeah, who knew tomato paste would be gone? Well, it's like one week, this section of the grocery store is wiped out. The next week, one aisle over is wiped out. And it's like, okay, mm -hmm. who's using all the tomato paste? Oh, no, lots of, lots of spaghetti, I guess. Um, two cloves of minced garlic. One Which means, if you're like us, four. <laughs> one teaspoon of dried oregano. A third of a cup of water. Three quarters of a cup of Parmesan cheese, one cup of heavy cream, and then goat cheese for the top. And this is optional. If you don't like goat cheese, you can use feta or you can use whatever you want. The goat you know cheese what? is the amazing. The goat cheese was great in this. It, it's absolutely perfect for it. So in a large pot, you're going to add the tomato paste, garlic, oregano, water, Parmesan cheese, heavy cream, and you're going to stir it up while it heats up. You're going to keep it on the stove, and you're going to stir it every so often until the Parmesan cheese is melted. Once it's melted, remove it from the heat and, and use serve. a good quality Parmesan cheese. Don't use yeah, that don't use stuff that comes in the can that looks like stuff. pencil shavings. Yeah, don't use that. Um, once you've got it served, add your crumbled goat cheese to the top. This is really, really good. This tastes kind of like a tomato bisque, and it's kind of rich and creamy. It's very I, filling. I agree with you. It was very filling. It was very good. It was a little carb-heavy for my taste. Yeah. Uh, well, I should say for my preference. The taste was awesome. I think we probably could have gotten away with half as much on the tomato paste. Tomato paste. I agree. It, they sell six-ounce cans, but they didn't have any of those. We've had so. pre-mates, but we wanted to try a recipe of our own. Yeah. We were tinkering with... Uh, we found... Like, various recipes out there and then tinkered with them and melded them and ended up on this one mm -hmm. turned out great great results we're going to tinker with it some more to get the carb count down but if you're not if you're super, not super strict, worried about it super worried go for it 
It's I mean, good. I still, with for the day, we stayed within my uh, my goals, so. Mm-hmm. I think this one made four servings of it. Yes. And it keeps in the refrigerator, so you can have some for lunch one day, and then you can have some for lunch the next day, or dinner. I, well, put this way, I stay within my carb count for the day. Yeah. And I had seconds. I had two servings. So did I. So, while well, when I'm saying that it's carb heavy. It's not. It's not Super extreme. heavy. If there's not like 75 carbs in there or something. Right. It was good. And it's, surpri- again, surprisingly filling for the number of calories it actually has. Mm-hmm. Marco, what's your number three? One of the things I, I miss since going low carb is the club sandwich. This is one of my favorite things to order. It was a, my, my dad used to travel all around the country and around the world for work. And a piece of advice he gave me that probably the number one piece of advice my father gave me that has always stuck with me, especially yep. in business and travel, is when in doubt, when traveling, order a club sandwich. Mm-hmm. It is hard to mess up a club sandwich. And it's your least likely out of most items on a menu to get sick from a club sandwich when you don't know. That is correct. Now, I've gotten more adventurous as I've gotten older. And I like to go places and go, what are you known for? What is your specialty? Over the years, though, I did develop a great taste for a good club sandwich. Mm-hmm. Well, when you go low-carb, one, you're getting rid of the bread, especially the sandwiches that have three layers of bread. <laughs> this is my low-carb take on a club sandwich, and it's a club re- lettuce wrap. Yum. Not so much a wrap. I'm really just replacing the bread with lettuce. Now, you can use iceberg or romaine or something with big leaves, I happen to do this usually with romaine because we've got it around, romaine hearts, mm-hmm. because we can use them for tacos and so many other things. But whatever you got. With that, you're also going to have uh, turkey breast or chicken breast. Uh, sliced deli meat works great for this or whatever you have left over. You have leftover roasted or rotisserie chicken. If you have Thanksgiving leftovers, use those. You're also going to want tomato and bacon and onion and mayo and a little mustard. That's what I like. But you know what? If you want to put a little ham in there, there's no, you know, the club sandwich police are not going to come over and come on your door. <laughs> so I build this just like you would normally get a club sandwich. I like to put a layer of lettuce down. I'll put my little bit of mayo in. Then I put my uh, chicken or turkey down, my onion, a little bit of mustard, another layer of lettuce. Then I'll put down my bacon, my tomato, and I'll top it with more lettuce. Put a big toothpick through it. Ready to go. The lettuce gives you, especially if you got a nice cold piece of that romaine heart, gives you the crunch that you usually get out of the toast. Now, am I telling you that lettuce tastes like toast? Absolutely not. At least you get the sound effects to stimulate yourself. The flavors are there, except for the bread. And then you've got the crunch and the auditory part. So it's as close to it as possible. And yes, I know they make carb, low-carb breads out there, but they tend to be expensive. And you have to special order them here. You, a lot of, around here, you got to special order them. Whereas every grocery store has romaine hearts. Yes. You just go, and they're inexpensive. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, they have I have been four inside. kids. It is hard to justify specially ordering bread over the internet. Oddly enough, romaine hearts have been in stock every single week since we've been in quarantine. Yes. So that's been exciting. Great for us. It is. Moving on to number four, Jessica. Number four is chicken cutlets with pico on top. Your ingredients. Boneless, skinless chicken breast strips. Uh, one and a half tablespoons of butter. A half a clove of garlic that's minced. 
half a clove. You mean like you three? But you don't need a lot for this because it's a tiny lunch. So that's why I use half a gar half a clove. We're of Italian. When they say one, we mean like four. <laughs> okay. Anyway, some people don't love garlic. I'm not one of them. Ground Those pepper. Those are vampires. Ground pepper to taste. A half a teaspoon of salt, so like a pinch. A teaspoon of extra virgin olive oil. Cilantro to taste. I don't like a lot because I think it tastes like soap, but it is needed in this. Half of one small red onion that has been diced and one vine ripened tomato that's also been diced. And a squeeze of lime juice. So what you're going to do to make your pico is you're going to put your tomatoes, the red onion, cilantro, salt, a quarter of a minced garlic clove, squeeze of lime juice, and a teaspoon of extra virgin olive oil into a bowl, and you're going to mix it up really well. Make sure everything is coated. Then you're going to heat up your one and a half tablespoons of butter in a pan on the stove over medium heat, and you'll add your remaining minced garlic to that pan too. Once your pan is hot and the garlic is golden, add the chicken cutlets. These are tiny and they'll cook very fast. I did about one and a half minutes per side. They turned out perfectly. I arranged them on a plate, I topped them with the pico, and then I ate it. And it's so yummy. And if you work somewhere that doesn't have a kitchen or you're not working from home, although a lot of us these days are working from home, mm -hmm. can you make this the night before? You totally can. Yep, it's really good cold. I actually prefer it cold. Yep. Marco, what is your number four? Sushi hand rolls. Give me fancy. If you've had a sushi class before and you've made sushi at home before and you've done rolls, you know that it's a little bit involved and it's all in making that perfect rice. Well, we're going low carb, so we're not making the rice. And we don't have to worry about the perfect tight roll because we're making hand rolls. And what is a hand roll? But really, it's taking the nori and rolling it up like a little ice cream cone. Yep. Very forgiving, very easy to do. So what you do here is you lay out your ingredients in one corner. You roll it up into a little cone and you eat it. You don't have to cut it. You don't have to cut it. Easy enough. There's no rice. So it's less messy, and it also makes prep time much easier. The ingredients you could do, you know, it's kind of like clean out the fridge, but you do need nori sheets for this. Mm -hmm. You're probably going to want to do it with fish, but you don't have to. Uh, I did it with smoked salmon, and I've also done this with smoked trout, but you could do it with tuna or shrimp or sardines or whatever else you got. Swordfish, monkfish, I don't know, whatever you're going to find. Kudos to you if you got monkfish Eat in your crab. fridge. You could do it with fake crab, crab with a K, which is really Pollock or Cod. That's okay. Kid number one and kid number four love it. They do. Uh, <clears throat> I usually do it with smoked salmon or smoked trout. Uh, other things you could do are lunch meats, salamis, turkey, whatnot. Uh, kid two and kid three love doing sushi, what we call Italian sushi, with pepperonis and salamis, all sorts of different salamis or ham. But you could also use leftover chicken or turkey or steak or ribs or pork chops or whatever. You're also going to put in some veggies. Cucumber sliced lengthwise so they're like long strips. Avocado. Uh, shredded carrots. Shredded radishes. The radishes give you that natural peppery flavor. And then for condiments, uh, you can get wasabi paste if you got that or a low-carb low soy sauce or coconut aminos. Coconut aminos are so good. Sriracha, or even make your own sriracha mayo, which is highly technical, Jessica. It's super technical. Yeah, you put some mayo in a little dish, you throw in some sriracha, and you mix it up. See, that was so hard. You know, rule of thumb is uh, one tablespoon of mayo, one teaspoon of sriracha, and 
from there, adjust accordingly. Yeah. You can also put, if you're a, a fan of the Philadelphia roll, put in a little cream cheese. Mm-hmm. But anyway, lay down your ingredients for right your, your main protein. In my case, smoked salmon or smoked trout. Put down your veggies. Your For me, it was cucumber and avocado. Put whatever else you want to do. Uh, this last week, I actually did put in a little cream cheese. And then roll it up, and you're set to go. And I had it with sriracha mayo. So yummy. So yummy. But these are fun. Kit, too, likes to make these. Yeah, he... He's, he's not fond of the fish, but yeah. he likes to make these. He likes to roll things up. It's fun. This also makes for a great kid meal. Definitely. It's fun for everyone. And you won't be picking up rice off the floor or all over the table asking yourself, why did I do this? <laughs> Moving on to number five. Number five is hard, for me, it's hard-boiled eggs with avocado or guacamole. Your ingredients are three large hard-boiled eggs, everything but the bagel seasoning, and a tablespoon of... What is everything but the bagel seasoning, by the way? Oh my gosh. Don't just say everything but the bagel. It's the greatest thing ever. You get it from Trader Joe's. It's the only place I've seen it. And it has a mixture of everything that you find on different flavors of bagels. So there's sesame seeds in there, there's onion flakes in there, there's garlic, there's pepper, there's, I'm sure there's other stuff in there. What else is in there? Poppy seeds. Are there? Maybe. Probably. I don't know. They have all kinds of things in there and it's wonderfully delicious. It's it's great to just sprinkle it on top of things, which is what I'm going to do with it. It's like Jessica Crack. <laughs> so, you and you need one tablespoon of tableside <clears throat> You need one tablespoon of tableside chunky guacamole or pre-made guacamole if you're in a big hurry. For the directions, peel the hard-boiled eggs. Cut them in half and arrange them on a plate. Spoon one tablespoon of pre-made guac onto the plate. Sprinkle everything but the bagel seasoning onto the eggs and eat it. This is a super fast recipe that you can make ahead and grab it and go if you're running out the door one morning. Prep it at night and everything is done. If you have more time, make your own guacamole. It's much better if it's fresh. And you get to control exactly what's in there, which is always nice. If you're like me, sprinkle a little hot sauce on the top, too. Yep. What's up for number five for you? Antipasto salad, Mm. which used to be one of my favorite things to order when we went out as a family growing up. It was. We would go to, when we went to an Italian restaurant, my brother and I would beg my parents to order antipasto salad because a lot of times you go out to dinner as a kid and you get these salads and it's mostly lettuce and we're like oh it's green stuff but all of a sudden we learned that there was this salad and it's olives and pickles and peppers and all kinds of meats and cheeses it was like all the things we loved and none of the lettuce (laughs) so this is my ode to antipasto salad it is also known around our house as the clean out the fridge salad Yep, that sounds about right. You're going to chop up all your ingredients into a small dice or, you know, relatively small bite-sized dice. Mix it up and enjoy. It's really that simple. Suggested ingredients would be salami, ham, turkey, pepperoni, red onion, bell pepper, pepperoncini, olives, green, black, whatever, both of them, kalamato, you name it. Uh, Little cherry tomatoes or slices of tomatoes, and then cheeses, provolone, mozzarella, cheddar, whatever. Whatever you've got. You don't need all these things. Don't go out and spend a fortune on this. 
what's left over? You got a few slices left of turkey, lunch meat. You got a few slices left of Genoa salami. You got a few pepperonis left from pizza night. Slice them up, throw them in this thing. Mm -hmm. uh, when you're done, you can toss it with a little olive oil if you like. And I mean a little. You don't need much to coat this. And for this, because you're not doing, you're not cooking or doing anything with it, you want a nice extra virgin olive oil. Yep. But I'm talking like half a teaspoon to start with. Yeah, you don't need a lot. You don't It'll need that. Start super oily make quickly. it. Start easy. You could always add more. You can't remove it later. No. You know, you could put a little salt and pepper on it, but I don't think it needs it because depending on what you're putting in, most of that's already going to be pretty flavorful, especially if you're going with the cured meats. They're already salty enough. Mm -hmm. You don't need to add more. I agree. Uh, if you really want to get fancy, break out the fresh Italian herbs, uh, your basil, your oregano, you know, you could even use some dried on top. But if you're going to do that, sprinkle it into your hand and then rub your palms together to kind of release what little oil is left in the stuff you buy from the store. Yeah. Put it on top. If you get really fancy, take a little sprig of basil and put it on top just to make your coworkers jealous. <laughs> and enjoy. Travels well. Great for picnics as much as having lunch at the office. I will say when I have this, uh, kid two especially, but even kid three, so the boys, very jealous of it. Kid four, very inquisitive, pokes around, wants to steal some stuff, puts some olives on her fingers. <laughs> so funny. Kid one is more like you going, that's too many different types of food touching each other. It is. If you're going to try this with your children, uh, you might get a mixed bag of results <laughs> to reflect the mixed bag of ingredients exactly. that are in the bowl. But moving on, Jessica, number six for you is what? Turkey and cheese wraps with cucumber slices. So this is really fast and super simple. Your ingredients are two slices of turkey lunch meat. I use the healthy ones of and roasted turkey slices from our local deli. Two slices of Colby Jack cheese, same thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Talk about making that sound like all hoity-toity and city-like. Our local deli counter at the supermarket. Make it a bone. I wish we had an actual deli. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. I don't think we have one of those here. Not here. Two slices of Colby Jack cheese, also from the deli. I use the deep thin lots and kind. A cucumber. Because they have the contract with the uh, supermarket. <laughs> with my cucumber, I use 2.3 ounces. I think it turned out to be like seven cucumber slices for me. It just depends on how thickly you cut your cucumber. And everything but the bagel seasoning. Of course. So Jessica Crack. You're going to take a slice of turkey and put it on the plate. Take a slice of cheese and put it on top of the turkey. Roll the two of them up together. Secure it with a toothpick. Slice up your cucumber, put it on the plate, and sprinkle everything with the bagel on top of the cucumbers. Then you're going you're gonna to do that again with the other two uh, pieces of turkey and cheese. And then you're going to eat it. By the way, I'm totally creating the hashtag Jessica Crack on Instagram if that doesn't Great. already exist. That's super. This doesn't look like a lot of food. I thought I was going to be hungry like an hour after I ate it, but I was actually full until dinner time, and nice. that was amazing. If you need extra fat in your lunch, add some avocado slices. It's good. It's nice and creamy. Cool. And, yeah. And you can put everything but the bagel on the avocado slices as well. Of course you can. Mm-hmm. What do you have? Have you tried that on ice cream yet? I don't know. It's just, just onions and salt. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Dolly Madison loved oyster egg flavored ice cream, so. Yeah, and she's dead now. That's true. For quite a while. <laughs> What's your number six, Marco? Meatball subs. Ooh. 
if you love a great meatball sub, you know, part of it is the bread, that nice French loaf that's crunchy on the outside, soft on the inside, soaks up the sauce. But you also know the bread is full of carbs, and a lot of the bread, you know, marinara's that they use are also carb heavy. So this is my low-carb alternative. You gotta watch out eating this for lunch if you're at work so you don't drop marinara all over your lap or the front of your shirt. It'd be embarrassing. It would be. It happens. But if you could eat with a little skill <laughs> and also lean forward, especially... Why are you eat... looking at me like that? How do you do know. this? If you know how to eat an Italian beef sandwich and you assume the position, which is you spread your legs a little bit, you lean forward over the counter and you eat over your plate because it's going to drip. Same thing for a meatball sub. Look, I grew up in the Midwest, not far from Chicago. I know how to eat an Italian beef. Congrats. We'll save a low-carb Italian beef recipe for another time. But my uh, meatball recipe, so start out with pre-made or leftover meatballs. You can make your own. You can do turkey or beef or pork or a combination therein. But there's also a lot of pre-made ones out there. We did this this week and we used a store-bought chicken meatballs. Yep. Find a marinara sauce. You can make your own. Time-consuming, especially when you have four kids and work to do. But we use store-bought marinara. And just watch the carb content. Some are higher than others. Also keep an eye on the sodium content. Some of these are just insanely high in sodium. Yeah. You're also not going to use very much. They aren't. Um, we're not going to cook the meatballs in the marinara. You're going to heat them up. If you have pre-made ones, you can get away with just microwaving them. A lot of times you can get away with just eating them cold. Or you can throw them in a pan and just quickly saute them just to really bring them up to temperature. The marinara, you're only going to use about a tablespoon, honestly, Yeah. for three or four meatballs. And just drizzle it across the top. That helps keep your carb count down, but still getting that flavor of the marinara. Then you're going to put some cheese with it. I suggest provolone or mozzarella. Now you can sprinkle on shredded. You can use fresh. Uh, we happen to have smoked provolone uh, slices in the fridge from the deli counter. So I just kind of tore that into shreds and peat in large chunks and threw it in. If you want to have it with peppers and like, I mean like bell peppers and onions, you can or pepperoncinis. If you want some black olives, you can throw that with it and just add some other flavor. But you're going to put this all on a bed of romaine hearts. And it really becomes like a meatball boat. Not so much a sub anymore. Now we've got more of a surface vessel. It's a tugboat. (laughs) A tugboat. (laughs) A green one. But it works great. It's going to drip. It's going to be messy. But you know what? I got through mine without it completely disintegrating and meatballs falling out. That's exciting. I did use uh, four pieces of the romaine hearts and i stack them and interlock them now that's just the nerdy engineer in me putting this together so it doesn't fall apart maybe i have a future in food engineering maybe maybe architecturally yeah making sure things don't fall over uh but it was great it scratched the edge though again yes they make low-carb breads out there i have four kids which means i gotta send four kids to college i can't be spending my life savings on bread off the internet so whatever it worked with the lettuce it's plentiful it's available it's cheap and it did the job and i got my meatballs and red sauce jessica marco lucky number seven what do you have seven is taco stuffed avocado this is excellent if you have already have leftover taco meat from taco tuesday in your fridge 
For mine, what I used was our leftover taco meat. We had ground turkey in ours from the night before. From Kid Mill. Yeah. Um, so thank you to Kid 2 for making it. Exactly. It turned out really well. One medium avocado. You can use both parts, but if you don't want that much avocado, you can cut it in half. No big deal. One and a half teaspoons of taco shredded cheese. I like the Sargento taco mix. And one vine-ripened tomato. So your directions, you're going to warm your meat up in the microwave. Half the avocado, pit it, and peel it, leaving the halves intact. Put them on a plate. Spoon some taco meat into the hole of the avocado. Is it a hole? Is it a pit? What is, what is the dent called? Crevice? Crater. <laughs> the crater. It's the avocado Divot? crater. The cup. Okay. So treat, your, treat your avocado like it's a cup. Almost like a bread bowl, only avocado and green. You're going to, so you're going to put your taco meats in there. And then you're going to top it with the cheese and the tomatoes. And then you're going to eat it. And it's super yummy. If you want, you can sprinkle a little bit of salt on the avocado to bring out the flavor. I thought you were going to say everything but the bagel. <laughs> no, not everything but the bagel. I don't think it goes well with tacos. Although I didn't try it, so maybe it does. What do you have for number seven, Marco? So when I was a little kid, one of my favorite lunches my mom would pack for me. Oh my god, you took that to school? <laughs> no. Oh. Just hear me out. <laughs> one of my favorite lunches were these salami roll-ups you would do. Because we didn't get salami often. It was a, you know, growing up, they're like, it's a fatty meat. You can't have it much. And it was store-bought salami, so it was pretty fatty and high in sodium and everything. It wasn't good for us, but... We would get, they should take salami, she'd put cream cheese on it, she would roll it up and then slice it into little pinwheel rolls. Aww. Put a little toothpick through. And it was a special treat and it was a lot of fun. This I see as a grown up version of that slash sushi. Mm -hmm. So the, my number seven are smoked salmon rolls. And that's why I was just horrified because I thought you were taking smoked salmon rolls to your elementary school. And I was picturing all the horrified faces on your That's friend. right up there with like my big fat Greek wedding when she had a, what did she take something? Spinacopita. Spinacopita or the moussaka? Or... Oh, that's right. Moussaka. Was it? I just remember the little kids going, moussaka. Yeah. You're right. Whatever. Uh, you know what? As long as you're not putting it in the microwave at school. Oh, God. And by the way, this is the Midwest. The so smoked salmon is not too foreign. But yes, not, it is. that's not the kind of smoked salmon we're talking about. Not not the kind that I would love. You know, there's those roadside hands up in the UP. You're driving along US2. You stop and you get nice, fresh smoked salmon. Uh, it's almost like salmon jerky. It's delicious. Salty. Great, goes great with cream cheese and a saltine cracker. That's not what this recipe is, by the way. <laughs> so smoked salmon rolls. You're going to start out with lox. Your standard smoked salmon, lox. Uh, you see it all over the grocery stores, often served on bagels. Cream cheese. Everybody knows what cream cheese is. Avocado. <laughs> Cucumber sliced in long slices. What you do is you lay your cream cheese, your avocado, and your cucumbers on the smoked salmon, on the lox. Then you're going to roll it up. Slice it if you want. I you know, I, I try this, but honestly, I'd rather just have the big long roll, almost like a long sushi roll that hasn't been cut into the little discs. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can. If you want, so dip it in sriracha mayo. Uh, I like it better with just mayo, or uh, not mayo, bleh. sriracha, just straight up sriracha drizzled over it. If you do slice it, it does make a pretty little picture. Look at inside and seeing that that 
pink smoked salmon, the locks around the outside with the cream cheese and avocado and cucumber inside. Very colorful. Very colorful, very delicious, very filling. Awesome. Not too stinky for the workplace. I don't know about that. Look, as long as you're not putting it in the microwave. Anyone who puts fish in the microwave needs to be put into a special little time, workplace timeout, so. <laughs> no, they might need to be fired. There's then. a little place of workplace hell for people who, like, microwave fish in the workplace. Speaking of fish, specifically the kind that hasn't been microwaved in the workplace, Jessica, what is your number eight? Shrimp ceviche. Woo! Yes. Ceviche, if you've been into the... Ceviche. Sorry, we love Top Chef. <laughs> Not sponsored by Bravo or Top Chef. Nope. But that has been one of our guilty pleasures since season one. Yeah. Uh, I remember being in the hospital waiting for kid one to be born, and it took forever. We were in labor delivery, and we had two nurses in there with us. We have Top Chef on. The three of us are discussing food, the two nurses and I, and you're sitting there. At that point, you were, what, going on almost 48 hours without a meal? I think so. And going, I'm going to kill you all. But I love this show. <laughs> and there, of course, one of the uh, chefs that's been on the show a few times pronounces ceviche as ceviche. Ceviche. I'm making this ceviche and that ceviche. This ceviche. This ceviche. Ceviche. All right. Come on. Okay. Ceviche. Yeah. So ceviche, this is got a lot of parts and it takes a little bit of time. So you're going to want to make this either in the morning if you're going to have it for lunch or you're going to make it in the early afternoon if you're going to have it for dinner. That's true. All of these could be dinners. They totally could. But they're small enough and light enough where they mm -hmm. make for great lunches. This one, you do need to eat it the same day. It only keeps for about a day in the refrigerator. So I highly recommend you make it either in the morning or the afternoon and eat it same day. Just so that we're not getting sick. So you're in green. You can also prep it the night before. The components, toss them together the morning of. Yeah, you could probably do And that. then have it for lunch. Your ingredients. You are going to need one pound of peeled and deveined raw medium shrimp, a quarter cup fresh squeezed lemon juice, a quarter cup fresh squeezed lime juice, two medium vine ripened tomatoes that have been seeded and diced. And by seeded, you mean, I mean for those who are not. Remove all of the seeds and the squishy part of the tomato. So you just Basically, everything, that turn, everything that turns it into soup. Yeah. If you're trying you want to, to take all of that out. No wet stuff in your tomatoes. You want the flesh. Yeah. A half of a small red onion that's been diced. One medium jalapeno seeded and chopped. Or two if you want to take it up a notch. A half a cup of chopped fresh cilantro. A half a teaspoon of kosher salt. And one medium avocado. So your directions are you're going to boil the shrimp. You take a big pot of salted water up to a boil, turn the heat off, add the shrimp, and poach them until they're just opaque. So just turning, barely turning white. About two to three minutes, not more than three. Right, so two to three minutes after that, and then you're going to drain them and set them aside until they're cool. Once they're cool, you're going to chop them up into about a half inch pieces and put them into a large bowl. Add the lemon juice, lime juice, tomatoes, red onion, jalapeno, cilantro, and salt, and toss to combine. And then you're going to cover your bowl, and you're going to put it in the refrigerator for one to four hours. Which gets you from the morning to your lunch break. Right. Or from your lunch break to dinner. Just before serving, you're going to dice your avocado, and you're going to gently fold it into your ceviche. This lunch is amazing, and it is super citrusy. Now, for ceviche snobs out there, they know that actually they're putting in raw fish, 
and using the citrus to cook cook the meat to cure the meat this you're actually par cooking uh, mostly cooking that shrimp right less chance of it going wrong less chance of your stomach turning if you're at the workplace less chance of you poisoning yourself um, <laughs> much much less because you've pretty much already cooked the shrimp before you put it in the citrus mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's super citrusy it's light it's refreshing it's absolutely perfect for a summertime lunch. Works because it's a cold dish. Uh, if you can keep it cold, great for a picnic. Yes. Yeah, definitely. You could put it into some mason jars, actually, and put them in a picnic basket and take it with you with some ice packs. Anytime you can have mason jars, it's great. Yeah. You can put other things in the mason jar. Other mason jars to go with it. You can have a whole mason jar thing. Mm-hmm. This is one of my favorite recipes we made all week. I really, I can't wait to have it again. It was so good. I think it's worth mentioning, too, that... While we haven't explicitly stated it yet, we should right now. We went and re-ran through all of our favorites for this this past week. Mm-hmm. So some of these we have we've been tweaking with all week. Some we are our go-to favorites that we brought back this week just to make sure. Yeah. And to rewrite it, make sure we had all our proportions correct and run them past the kids. Some we want to put new spins on. Mm-hmm. Some were out of favor cookbooks. We're like, ah, we're going to tweak this to make it our own. How are we going to do it? So let's, let's put it in there. Let's put a spin on it. Yep. So we did that. Yeah. We've tested them out all week. And if you follow our Instagram, photos of all of these are up on there. You're making faces. This is not going to actually get posted. This podcast isn't going to post. I don't want to do that tonight. <laughs> no, we're not going to do it tonight. But it will be up uh, when this podcast posts. Right. Uh, on Sunday. On Sunday. Because we post our podcasts on Sunday mornings. Yes, we do. Marco, was your number eight a favorite of yours as well? Yes, it was. And it actually, uh, it was a new spin on something we do quite often because we have pizza night. Every week. If not every week, it's definitely every other week. But it's almost every week because the kids love pizza. And trying to do a low-carb spin on that. um, At first when I went low-carb, it was like I had to do something else. It was painful because... Who doesn't love pizza? Everybody loves pizza. Pizza's amazing. Has all the food groups in it. And then there was the week that I actually tried one of those, like, weaving, making, doing basket weaving out of bacon strips. That was disgusting. That did not go well. That was a crust made out of bacon. It was awful. That was so disgusting. For a while, I got into using uh, those cheese uh, folio. It's like a lactose-free cheese. I still love working with those and doing a lot of things. Usually the Parmesan, but I've done other flavors. And I've also done the ones where I take a portobello cap, scrape out the gills, roast it, and then throw in my a little bit of marinara, my cheese, my toppings. But this week I tried something new. You had picked up a pack of low-carb tortillas mm-hmm. for some other recipes, and I decided to spray it lightly with avocado oil. We have an avocado oil spray, uh, kind of an alternative to a cooking spray. Um, think of it as uh, an alternative to Pam. Yep. Since everyone works with Pam. Not to pick on the people from Pam. And then I put it in a cast iron skillet just to crisp it up on both sides. And it's great. Like halfway through, it starts puffing up like a balloon. It's fine. Uh, not all the way till it's burned, but it's till it's a little bit semi-rigid. Then you pull it out of the pan, turn the heat off. Uh, I put on marinara, just one to two uh, tablespoons. I, I topped it. In this case this week, usually I go very veggie with my pizzas, but this one, uh, you and the boys were doing meat-heavy stuff, and it just looked good, so I put Italian sausage on and pepperoni on. 
put on some shredded mozzarella, and then popped it in the oven. Now, the kids were making pizza, and they had pre-made crust this week because kid number one was exhausted. She's usually our pizza crust, our pizza dough maker. Mm-hmm. She didn't have time to make pizza dough from scratch. So we just picked up some pre-made crust. They cooked at 420. So I popped it in the oven at 420 for three to five minutes. Uh, I did one. Actually, I did one today for lunch. And I threw on the broiler, made my pizza, and popped it in for about two and a half minutes. So two to three minutes under the broiler. All you really want to do is melt the cheese because your, your toppings should be already cooked. And if they're not, cook them up on the top of the stove. Your crust is, you don't want to burn the thing. Mm-mm. Really, all you're doing is melting the cheese, making it ooey gooey, get a little bit of golden brown, and then get it out of there. To keep it from sticking, I did put it on just a cookie sheet, but to keep it from sticking, I put it on a piece of parchment paper, comes out fast, put it on the plate, run the pizza cutter through it, and good to go. Makes a nice, easy lunch. If you love thin crust, especially a crunchy thin crust, this is perfect for you. If you're a deep dish fan, yeah, we're going to have to have a different recipe for you on another night. Okay, so I am the deep dish fan. And I had this, and I thought it was freaking amazing because it actually tastes like a pizza. It does taste like a pizza. I didn't even care that. Whereas it was my thin. like my cheese folio ones do not taste like no. a pizza. Uh, this one actually finally tastes like a pizza. Yeah, I'm so happy that we found those. Those tortillas, tortillas. have it's the amazing. bread flavor, but are still low in net carbs. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty happy. I would I would. Uh, Hype the uh, the brand, but they don't sponsor us, so whatever. I'm assuming there's other tortilla companies that make low-carb tortillas, so look around, find them, search online. We know that at least one company makes them, and they're in our local grocery department. They cost the same as, as the normal tortillas. That was the best part. That was the best part because I didn't want to go to the grocery store, and I looked online to see how much they were charging, and they wanted, like... $16 for a package of eight of them, and I was like, no, no I'm not spending two bucks a tortilla. Right, that's silly. And those weren't even burrito-sized ones. Those were little street taco-sized ones uh, that they wanted that much for. These are standard taco-sized tortillas. Tortillas. It's, it's yeah. great. Like The larger taco size, the fajita size, not the full-blown wrap-up burrito size. Although they have those, too. I saw yeah. those. So I'm excited to, to experiment a little bit more with these tortillas. Uh, which is great because I'm sure we're doing more foodie episodes down the road. Positive. Not next week because we like to mix up the topics. Mm-hmm. But that was my number eight, the low-carb pizza. Jessica, number nine for you. Chicken enchiladas. Woo! Sorry, chicken and cheese enchiladas. Is it? Have you ever had an enchilada without cheese? No, but just in case, I've specified that there's cheese on it and in it. All right, so this is just a little disclaimer for this. Um, this works for lunch if you have leftovers from dinner the night before. Or if you're making it on a weekend when you have time to cook and be in the kitchen. We you have time on your hands. <laughs> Do not try and make this for lunch during the work week. You will wind up very hangry and you'll be too upset to finish it because this is a pretty long recipe. But it did make for a great dinner. Oh, yeah. Which we did this week. We actually did it for a dinner. Mm-hmm. Kid three had seconds. He had seconds. And actually by the second bite that he had of his first round of it, he screamed, we need to have this again next week for dinner. Well, not only did he have seconds, he finished off kid fours because she was full and she was done. And she left the table and mm-hmm. he's like, I'll eat it. It's like, dude, you've already had two of these, but okay. <clears throat> I don't know. And by the way, that kid has got 
there's the expression, he has a hollow leg. I think both legs are hollow and his arms because he eats nonstop and he's still tiny. He's so tiny. <laughs> okay, so your ingredients. You're going to need the low-carb tortillas, one pound of chicken breasts, four cups of chicken stock or chicken bone broth, one tablespoon of homemade taco seasoning, one jalapeno that's been seeded and sliced. You want them to be the little round slices. What would be in homemade taco seasoning? I'm going to get to that in a minute. Oh, okay. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Eight ounces. Of the story here. Don't get ahead of the story. Ugh. Eight ounces of cream cheese, pepper, shredded taco cheese. Again, I like Sargento kind. Half a cup of diced yellow onion. Eight tablespoons of double roasted tomato salsa by Frontera. We're not sponsored by Frontera. Two. But we're close to Chicago. And you know what's nearby Frontera? Yes, I do. One of our favorite tiki bars ever. It's so good there. Yeah. Three Dots on the Dash in Chicago. If you're ever in Chicago, go. It's amazing. They also don't sponsor us, but we do. When we're in Chicago, we like to swing by because uh, we like tiki drinks. And the atmosphere alone it's is fun. totally worth it. Anyways, two vine-ripened tomatoes that have been diced and one stalk of green onion that's been sliced. So... You're going to mix up your low-carb taco seasoning, and you're going to need one tablespoon of chili powder, a quarter teaspoon of garlic powder, a quarter teaspoon of onion powder, a quarter teaspoon of crushed red pepper flakes, a quarter teaspoon of dried oregano, a half a teaspoon of smoked paprika, one and a half teaspoons of ground cumin, one teaspoon of salt, one teaspoon of black pepper. You're going to take and worth mentioning, this is just a launching point. If you like oh, yeah. some of these things, add more. If you don't like something, add less or none. Yep. Tweak it. Whatever. All right. So you're going to combine all of those seasonings into a small bowl, and you're going to mix it really, really well. Then you're going to transfer that mixture into a container with a lid. So I like a, I have a tiny mason jar. It goes in there. Because you're going to have way more than you need for this one dish, and you'll want to save it. Because that's a whole lot of spices you've got there. So for the directions for the actual enchiladas, you're going to boil the chicken breasts. Which is the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> no, I actually, At least for us. I had to Google how to do this. Never boiled chicken before. All right, so I boiled mine in chicken bone broth so that it gave the chicken a flavor while it cooked. It gave chicken chicken flavor? It did. Turned out really well. I would have eaten it alone. It did turn without out Without the taco well. seasonings. Um, I did. I kept coming by and sneaking, er, sneaking and sneaking on the leftovers. Um, you're also going to put salt and pepper into your bone broth to bring out those flavors in there. It's super simple. You put the chicken into a medium or a large pot and you pour the bone broth over them. Season it with salt and pepper. Bring to a boil. Once it's boiling, cover the pot and reduce it to a medium heat. Simmer until the chicken is done. This will take about 10 minutes, but make sure you check the temperature. You want it to be at 165 for chicken to be done. And if you're not someone who's proficient around the kitchen, a simmer is just low bubbles, not a rolling bubble. Yes, if you have a rolling bubble for the next 10 minutes, you are going to you have leather. You just want a few bubbles coming up. And... Tiny bubbles. Yes. All right, so once your chicken is done, you're going to pull it out of the broth. You're going to let it cool, and then you're going to shred it. And you can shred it with the giant, scary Wolverine-looking shredders that we have. I personally hate them because they're too big. I like to use two forks. Much easier. I personally to love them, especially when I can pull them out of the drawer and then do my Wolverine routine, which <laughs> the boys love. They do. Okay. Then you're going to add one tablespoon of your homemade taco seasoning to your chicken. And then you mix that really, really well. 
Next, you're going to make your enchilada sauce. You're gonna combine eight tablespoons of the salsa with eight ounces of softened cream cheese in a small pot on the stove. And for quick conversions, eight tablespoons is half a cup. Neat. That's what I get for liking to cook and also minoring in math. Well, it's gotta pay off for something. So you're going to stir it all together and over the heat and melt it together. When it's melted and mixed, it's done. And now for the actual enchiladas. You're gonna take a tortilla and lay it flat. Put a quarter of a cup of chicken breast, shredded chicken breast into the tortilla. Put a quarter of a cup of taco cheese into the tortilla. Fold it up like a little cute package and put it inside of a greased baking dish. Aww. I think I sprayed mine with Pam. Whatever. You can use whatever you fancy. Lube it up. All right, so you're gonna make as many of these as you can fit into the dish. We made 11 before I ran out of room. Put one tablespoon. Ran out of room in the dish? In or? the dish. We okay. had lots of leftover chicken, actually. So. Yeah. Well, not which after was, I finished snacking on it. No, there was still some, which was good because I made chicken salad out of it. So you're going to put one tablespoon of the cream cheese salsa mixture on top of each little enchilada package. And you'll add one teaspoon of jalapenos on top of each little packet. And another quarter of a cup of taco cheese on top of each enchilada. Your oven should be heated to 350 degrees, and you're gonna bake these for 20 minutes. And then you're gonna put them under the broiler, under a high broil, for three minutes. And then they're done. They'll be perfect. You'll pull them out, you'll put them on a plate. And then I, I actually sprinkled diced tomatoes and onions on top of my enchilada because I like, I think if you're gonna have some kind of taco or enchilada or burrito or something, it's gotta have tomatoes and onions on it. It just does. But if you don't like those, then you can omit them. And I put hot sauce on mine. Yeah, if you like hot sauce, stick that on there. Anything goes. Like These are great, and one serving is one enchilada. Yeah. Um, super full after my one enchilada. Yes. And I stayed full for the rest of the night since we had this for dinner. And then there were leftovers to have the next day, which was great because kid number three ate all of them. Well, that's... <laughs> What's impressive is, though, is that you had one were full. Yeah. I had one that were full and was full. Kid number three, little kid number three, who just wrapped up first grade and is our little guy. He's not the biggest first grader ever. No. He might be the smallest first grader ever. I am Had two and a half of these for dinner and was still had room for dessert because he was sitting at the table was like, what's dessert? Like, dude, <laughs> seriously, funny. where do you put it all and why don't you grow? <laughs> it's not even like, oh, he's not growing vertically. He's growing horizontally. He's not. He's super skinny. Yeah, to be fair. I don't know where he's putting it. To him, he is perfectly healthy. Yes. There's nothing He's happening. very active. He's he burns it all off. Just a hungry little guy who has lots of room in his belly. Yes. What do you have for number nine? Number nine. So we are definitely far away from number one, which was simple and easy and was just grab it out of the cupboard and grab it out of the fridge. This takes a little preparation. So I have a sausage, egg, and cheese muffin. Yum. These, you can make them the night before. You can make a double batch for dinner and save them because they're great hot they're great cold they're great microwave you have them for breakfast too but we're doing a lunch special so preheat your oven to 350 degrees fahrenheit grease a standard muffin tin you want 12 little muffin crevices oh. holes whatever uh if you get you know we've got the standard muffin uh silicones hmm. that have six each so you're going to need two of those and grease them with coconut oil or nonstick cooking spray or whatever. Just grease them so they don't stick. 
On the stove, you want to heat a skillet over medium heat. Doesn't need to be cast iron, just any skillet will work. Add a tablespoon of butter and swirl around to coat it. And you want to just kind of see that shine all over. This is, again, to make sure things don't stick. It's kind of like the engineer in me. You're laying down a layer, <laughs> a nonstick layer of lubricant. Add a third of a cup of chopped yellow onions. And, you know, Spanish onions work. Vidalia on onions work. Sweet onions work. You're going to saute that till it's soft. Not You're not going the whole way to translucent. You just want it starting to soften up. That's going to take you about three to four minutes. Add one pound of breakfast sausage and to your onions and brown it. Four to five minutes. Just make the pink disappear. Mm -hmm. When it's done, done, take it off the heat, put it on a, in a bowl or a plate, and set it to the side. Then, in a large bowl, add eight large eggs, two pressed, pressed garlic cloves. If you're concerned about garlic, omit or do one. Kind of lame. If you love garlic, do four. If you really love, love garlic, put a head in. No, don't do that. There are hidden carbs in garlic. <laughs> yeah, there is. If you're a normal person, <laughs> two. Because this is going to get split up across 12 muffins. You're In that bowl, you're also going to put a half a teaspoon of salt, a half a teaspoon of black pepper, one cup of shredded cheddar cheese, and a third of a cup of heavy cream. Whisk it all together to combine and set aside. Then you're going to add your sausage and onion mix to your greased muffin tin. Over the top, you're going to ladle in the egg mixture evenly across all the sausages and the crevices, the divots, whatever we call them, the holes, recessed compartments of your muffin tin. Good Lord. Whatever. You're going to bake it in your 350-degree oven for 20 to 25 minutes just until the egg is cooked and set up. Then you're going to let it cool for five minutes on a baking cooling rack. And then you're ready to eat it. If you want to eat it hot, two of these make for one serving. They, Like I said, they refrigerate well. They're great cold. They make for a great breakfast the next morning. They make for a great lunch. They're great for picnics. They travel well. They're also really good for hangovers. Are they? Yep, they are. You know, honestly, I've never, had, I've never had one of these with a hangover. Well, you should. I mean, eggs, I do love eggs when I've enjoyed a little bit too much the night before but the sausage is perfect for hangovers so. what i miss is when Actually, we were we went to that little uh jenny's lunchbox in tallahassee when we were grad students we had enjoyed the night before a little bit too much we go out to jenny's made everything better it did uh great are we sponsored by jenny's no have is we been jenny's in jenny have we, open? have we been to jenny's in over a decade no, no. i hope they are still open because it's Great it's there. great. They had one location close to campus, but I like the one that was farther away from campus that had all the little lunch boxes. It was nice. quaint, nice little breakfast counter place. It was awesome. Adorable. One of my favorite grad school places. With this recipe, um, if you don't want to make a little bed of sausage and then pour your egg into it, it's also totally fine to go ahead and dump your sausage right into your egg mixture. Right in this ladle. And, one. Yeah. I like doing the uh, the sausage first and then ladling the egg over the top because it allows me to get an even layer of sausage across my muffin tins to make sure I'm doing about the same. Mm -hmm. And then ladle about the same amount of egg in each one because I want consistency because I'm watching... My macros and my, I want to have a consistency. I don't want to have like one egg muffin that's very little sausage and one that has a lot because sure. I didn't scoop up the right amount of sausage and egg ratio because I'm a nerd. But if you don't want to do But if you that, don't care, dump it all into the egg bowl, give it a toss, and then, and then pour it in your muffin tin. You could also pull it 
if you really don't want to worry about the muffin tin thing, pour it into a casserole dish mm-hmm. or a glass dish or corningware, whatever type casserole thing. Oh, casserole dish. Whatever. Uh, throw it in the oven. You might have to bake it longer because now you're doing a larger size. It may take up to a half hour. But then you can just cut it into squares. Yeah. Super yummy. Or if you have a round one, you cut it into wedges. Ooh, Ooh. breakfast pie. It's almost like a breakfast quiche, crustless quiche. Actually, it would be a that crustless exactly quiche. What it would be. Yeah, I know. Jessica. <clears throat> more gin. More of the more gin. You know, I just realized that the guys, there's this little seal on the bottle. It's the two, the two Jameses, which I always want to call this stuff the two Jakes. <laughs> the movie. To the movie. <laughs> the sequel to uh, Chinatown. The two little dudes on it. The one looks like a little elf. <laughs> They're they're mildly creepy, but you know that's okay. They make a fine gin. Again, they don't sponsor us, but they're more than welcome to make contact with us and become a sponsor. That'd be amazing. What? Anywho, Jessica, number ten. Before we get to our hot dog battle, War of the Wieners. <laughs> Kid number three thought that was hilarious. That is hilarious. But before we get to that. Recipe number 10 for you is what? California Burger Bowl. Why is it called a California Burger Bowl? Why is it called a California Burger Bowl? Because it's got avocado in it. Oh, all right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I made this from a leftover hamburger from dinner the night before. And the ingredients are a dressing. You're going to make a little dressing. And this makes way more than you're going to need. So you can save it and put some on a salad or some other dish at a later date. You're going to need... Another lunch. Yeah. So for your dressing, you're going to need... On another lunch, not as another lunch. <laughs> yeah, don't just eat the dressing. That'd be gross. Um, you're... Actually, no, it's it's pretty good. You're going to need half a cup of extra virgin olive oil, a third of a cup of balsamic vinegar, three tablespoons of mustard. We used the um the seedy Grey Poupon, not the smooth Dijon. Country Dijon. Yeah, that's the one. I used that one. Coarse ground. Mm-hmm. Yes. Coarse ground, because that's what we had in the fridge. A clove, one clove of garlic that you've minced, kosher salt to taste, and fresh black pepper. So you're going to mix all of that together with a whisk in your bowl, and then you're going to set a quarter of a cup of that aside to use, and then save the rest of it for later. For the rest of this, you're going to take, you need a bowl, a leftover hamburger patty, a half of a mini head of the artisan romaine lettuce. So artisan, or the, um... Romaine hearts. Yeah, it's whatever, actually, whatever kind of lettuce. The you brand have is we've been totally using, fine. they call them artisan, but it really is just romaine hearts. A few slices of red onion, one avocado that you've cut into chunks, and one vine ripened tomato. So after you make your dressing, you're going to take your bowl and then you're going to put the lettuce into the bottom and make a little lettuce bed. Next, you're going to add the tomatoes and then your hamburger patty, and then you're going to sprinkle your avocado chunks all around the burger in the bowl. And then you're going to arrange the red onion slices on top of the burger and drizzle the sauce on top and then eat it. And it's really, really good and it's extremely filling. And it is a much better way to use a leftover hamburger versus just eating it plain. Yes. By far. Way better. Very filling. Well, and it was visually stimulating. Like all the kids were drawn to it. Yeah. It has all it was, the colors. It was colorful. It was, yeah. They're all like, what do you have? 
Like, where's not my the, leftover hamburger to make that? Not the PB&J that you're having, kid number four, <laughs> that you requested. Actually, she didn't have jelly on it. She just had peanut butter. She a, doesn't eat jelly, then. No, with a banana on the side. She, I mean, she's getting close to having an Elvis sandwich with the... Uh, What's an Elvis sandwich? Peanut butter and bananas on toast. Why is that an Elvis sandwich? Because Elvis liked that. Really? Supposedly. That's the legend. That's gross. Yeah. That or is the peanut butter and pickles. My brother used to love oh peanut butter God. and pickles on toast. Nope. By the way, not low carb. Uh, but he did like it. <clears throat> it's my brother. <laughs> okay. And moving on to your number 10, Marco. What do you have? Something that my brother wouldn't eat. <laughs> Stuffed peppers. This is a great one if you are working from home, but also if you've got to go to the office, you're going on a picnic. These refrigerate well. They're great hot. They're great cold. They're great as an appetizer. They're great as a meal. So you're going to preheat the oven to 425. In a small bowl, you're going to mix together one teaspoon of minced garlic, two teaspoons of fresh basil, a pinch of salt and pepper, Three quarters of a cup of goat cheese. And in our case, we had goat cheese in the house because we were using tomato soup. Or maybe it's because it was in the house because we were making these peppers and you used it in the tomato soup. I think we made the tomato soup first. Wow. You know, at any rate, uh, if you're looking to multitask with the ingredients and not, you know, go out and buy a bunch of ingredients you only use for one recipe and you have all the leftovers, look, make these another night. You're going to want your goat cheese at, uh, it's easier to use it at room temperature. You're going to want it at room temperature, but you know what? If it comes right out of the fridge, it works great too. You're going to need 12 peppers. I don't mean like 12 giant bell peppers. You're going to want, the best ones are sweet cherry peppers. These look like a large jalapeno. They're multicolored like a bell pepper. They are similar to a bell pepper. They taste like a bell pepper, but they're smaller. They're about the same size or slightly larger than a jalapeno. If you want something a little bit spicier, use a jalapeno, especially a big jalapeno. Whichever you choose, cut it in half. You're going to scrape out the seeds and stems. What you're going to end up with is basically it looks like a little pepper boat. You're going to fill these little pepper boats with the cheese mixture. You're going to drizzle just a little olive oil over it, just enough to crisp things up and help it cook. You don't want to drench them. No more than one tablespoon for the entire batch. Mm -hmm. Honestly, start with one teaspoon. Yeah, and then work your way up. And then work your way up. Bake until the peppers start to brown and the cheese is starting to bubble. It'll take about 15 minutes, but keep an eye on it. Now, don't leave your oven open the whole time. One, especially in the summer, you're going to heat up your whole house. And they're not. In it. you're going to be letting heat out of your oven, so it's not going to actually be at 425, no matter what's on the, the readout for your oven. Just check it every few minutes, uh, especially once you get to 10 minutes, peek at it every few minutes. If you want to go nuts, wrap these things in bacon before you put them in the oven. And I don't mean thick cut bacon, like a thin cut bacon. Mm -hmm. Or if you've cooked up bacon uh, the night before or for breakfast or you want to cook some up on the oven, cook it up, chop it up into bits and sprinkle it over the top. As soon as it comes out of the oven, that way it gets into that soft cheese. And as the cheese sets up, it grabs onto that bacon. Don't use the pre-made bacon bits in the jar you get in the spice aisle. Use actual bacon, or if you're one of those people who use turkey bacon, I guess use that. But I saw a documentary on how <laughs> turkey bacon was made way back when. It was like one of those How It's Made shows. I haven't had turkey bacon since then. I thought it was the most disgusting thing ever. Same. Personal preference to each their own. When they're done, let them cool and either eat them or refrigerate them. 
Again, they taste great cold. They travel well. They make great little lunches. Awesome. Little bites. Especially if you're, I'll attest to, if you're sitting at your desk working and you need something just to munch on uh, while you're working on spreadsheets or whatever, these are great. And with our top 10 each out of the way for low-carb lunches, that brings us to the hot dog cook-off. Hey, it's summer. We're about to roll into July. We're from the United States. It's America. Hot dogs. Great for lunch. Travel well. I remember working on a consulting project once where one of the guys I was working with had a hot dog. Actually, he had two hot dogs for lunch. Microwave. Every day for lunch. I don't know how he did that. Jesus. Heart attack. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a lot. Well, I'm all about, you know, I love a great hot dog, but all things in moderation, buddy. This was every day for a year and a half. This guy had two <laughs> hot dogs for lunch every day. That's impressive. He's yeah. Committed. So, hot dog cook-off. And we each did two variations on hot dogs. So we got four hot dogs for you. Jessica, what were your two? I did chili dogs. I would just like to say that I don't love hot dogs. But if I'm going to eat them, I like them to be chili dogs. I would also like to point out that we, since we are doing low carb, we're not using buns. And I was super stressed out coming into this because it, it meant putting the hot dog on a piece of lettuce and then eating it like the lettuce was a bun. And it's well, just you could have whole... used your tortilla. No, that's wrong too. You could have used one of my cheese folio things. Ew, no. Um... So it's this whole weird cold texture thing that I was dreading. But I tried it and it actually was not bad. I sort of forgot that I wasn't eating a bun and that I was eating a piece of lettuce instead. And it didn't taste like anything and it just sort of all went together really well. So I thought you were going to have a mess all over your shirt, the floor, everything, doing a chili dog with basically a lettuce bone. I picked really sturdy lettuce leaves for this. And you interlocked them and layered them well. No, actually, I just used one piece of lettuce for each one. Really? Yeah. Okay. Really sturdy lettuce leaves. Don't use the ones with holes. You'll have a mess. Okay, so for my chili dogs, I used, I had to have two hot dogs, and I used the Hebrew National ones, um, two leaves of the romaine lettuce, and a tablespoon of the Sargento mild cheese, mild cheddar cheese split over two hot dogs. And then, and then there was the chili, which was, was the chili. heartbreaking because your um, favorite kind of chili growing up. It's Hormel. And it's high, yeah, which is kind of gross to me. But but it's so good. <laughs> but it's also was relatively high in carbs. Yeah, and sodium. and there, But the good part about it is that there's no beans. Well, yes, you, you do like the I don't no like beans. beans in my chili. Okay. You don't want to go freaking beans. So with the two types of chili, I had. You kept a straight face for that. I had Volworth's Michigan sauce, which is a hot dog chili sauce with meat. And then, so I used two tablespoons of that on one hot dog. And then three teaspoons of Skyline Chili Original Chili Can. And then I also put a couple of diced white onions on top of the dog once it was assembled. Which of the two chilies was uh, lower in carbs? So the Michigan chili was... Two grams of carbs per two tablespoons of sauce. But the Skyline chili was four grams, which turned out to be three net grams of carbs per serving. And a serving for that one is one cup of chili. That's a lot of chili for a single hot dog. Yeah, I didn't put that much on my hot dog. Oh, okay. All right. So in the pictures, there's different colored paper to go with the different hot dogs. By the way, the... uh... 
the pictures are up on our Instagram, which is RitteroHW. You can find us on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So the Skyline Chili wasn't bad, but there was a hint of cinnamon at the end. And this, That's being kind. Yeah. This was a huge turnoff for me because I don't love cinnamon anything. I don't even like cinnamon rolls. I think it's gross. Look, I like cinnamon, and it had almost like a Moroccan feel to it, which would have been great if we were having Moroccan feel food, but we're having chili dogs here. Um, But I will say, when it was put on the actual hot dog, the cinnamon flavor sort of blended in, and it wasn't as noticeable. That is true. So Especially when you had, it, you had raw white onions with it and the cheddar and on it, top. Yeah. It helped. Um, with this sauce, though, there were teeny tiny little granules of meat. Like it was barely even, there were no clumps of meat in, in the sauce, and that was a disappointment. And then the consistency for it was very thin. So it was a little runny, which makes it even more impressive that I was able to eat it inside of a piece of lettuce without spilling it all over myself. It's capsizing your lettuce boat. So the red paper hot dog was the Woolworth's Michigan chili dog. This one was pretty good. It had a thicker sauce than the other one, and it had bigger pieces of meat, so that was nice. Um, for me, the Volworth's Michigan chili sauce won. I think that it's a good low-carb replacement for my all-time fave of Hormel chili. It's I mean, look, honestly, if you got the time, or it's the weekend, use your slow cooker and make some beanless chili from scratch. Definitely. Uh, Kid One loves making chili for the cross-country team and just... For us on the weekends and whatnot, especially in the fall and the winter. We need her back in to talk about her chili. <laughs> but if you need a can, pre-made, ready-to-go chili for lunches or quick dinner or weekend cookout. Volworth's. Okay. That one's, it's not bad. It came, it was a good approximation to the flavor of Hormel, so I was really happy with that. With a lot less carbs. A lot less carbs, yes. How did your hot dogs turn out, Marco? Well, I will say first off, my out of the two types I made, uh, I made one uh, that didn't hold up to your other ones, and I made one that far and away beat it, <laughs> in my opinion. I consider myself a hot dog uh, aficionado, maybe even a hot dog snob, but then I also did spend about four years of my life working at the uh, hot dog food cart downtown in uh, the town I grew up in little bicycle hooked up to a cart. We pedaled it out there. Granted, we trailered it downtown, but we pedaled it out there and we served Chicago-style hot dogs, authentic Chicago-style hot dogs here in Michigan. So I'm a fan of the Chicago-style dog. What about making a low-carb version of that? So start off with a Vienna-style all-beef Frank with a natural casing. Sadly, all the local grocery stores were sold out of Vienna, the brand name's Vienna Beef, but I found a local Midwest, well, although Vienna's out of uh, Chicago, uh, found a local Michigan brand that was making Vienna-style all-beef uh, hot dogs. It tasted the same as a Vienna hot dog. Awesome. That I'm used to. Diced up some Spanish onion. Now, when we used to do this at the cart, we used the Vienna brand Sweet Relish. Sweet relish is full of sugar. And then the Vienna brand looks like it's a radioactive green. <laughs> it does. It's so funny. <laughs> but I found a zero sugar relish. Uh, it still tasted like sweet relish. It just it really didn't taste any different. If you close your eyes, one, it, you can see it through your eyelids, like that radioactive stuff from 
that you're supposed to have. Uh, it tasted the same, and that's the important part. Uh, dip, pickle, spear, keep an eye on your, all your pickles. You can get low carb, you can get zero sugar ones. I found a zero sugar dill pickle. Uh, the dill pickles, especially now, sweet relish, obviously, you can understand why there's sugar in those, or but you can find ones with sugar alternatives. Dill pickle, they don't need to have sugar in them. <laughs> so I found some zero sugar, uh, low carb dill pickles. I used an heirloom tomato that I sliced up. Sport peppers. And if you can't find sport peppers, go with serranos. Forget the jalapenos. Go with a little bit more heat. I went with a serrano. Celery salt. If you don't have celery salt, you can uh, grind on a little uh, sea salt. And then instead of the nice, soft, poppy seed buns, I just used romaine hearts. And, of course, a little drizzle of mustard. And if you have ketchup, leave it in the fridge. It doesn't belong on your hot dog unless you're <laughs> five years old or younger. Ketchup does not belong on your hot dog. And if you're going low carb, ketchup does not belong in your refrigerator unless it's being used by your children. Put this all together. This was my favorite. It beat your hot dogs out of the park, sure. which are more of the Chicago, or sorry, the Detroit style. Sorry, Detroit, you got your square pizza, you got your Coney dogs, which makes more sen no sense because Coney Island is over off by New York. Yeah, you have the look on your face like, I don't understand it, but Chicago... Look, you got your, it's basically tubular steak and a salad on top. You got your meal. Especially when you're using lettuce as a bun. <laughs> so that was my favorite. My other hot dog was an ode to Kid One, who does not like hot dogs. And she we always have, eat them. That's fine. She doesn't have to. You don't need uh, lips and buttholes or whatever they say for the other ones. And you don't need the all beef ones, which, I mean... The nice thing about the, the Viennas and some of these other brands, every so often you see a little blue mark. And what that is, is where the food inspector put the big stamp on what grade the slab of beef was. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, they really are steak in the tube when you get a nice quality uh, hot dog. And if you get a low quality one, you just get pieces and parts. But Kid One won't eat any of those. So I made a sea dog. This also had, well, yes, <laughs> it also had to do with what was in the refrigerator. So we had some crab with a K, also known as Pollock or Cod or fake crab. Uh, I put that with cucumber slices, some wasabi mustard, sriracha, and served it on romaine hearts and ate it up. And yeah, it was good. It was like a sushi hot dog, sushi boat. Kid One loved it. Yeah. She saw it and she's like, can I have one of those? I'm like, you can have two. Have at it. I'm going to have my Chicago like the dog. She wasabi mustard, though. She did not like the wasabi mustard. Uh, or the sriracha. No. She just had hers with cucumber slices and fake crab. And Romaine Hearts, she did, I did have a piece left. She did have a bite of mine, so kudos to her for that. Uh, she was not interested in my Chicago dog whatsoever. <laughs> but that's fine because I wasn't going to share anyway. <laughs> so for the great... Hot dog cook-off, can we just agree that the Chicago dog won? Sure. Your Michigan sauce uh, chili dog came in second. Your Skyline chili chili dog came in a distant third. And way behind, pretending to be a hot dog, but it really isn't, the sea dog <laughs> came in last. But if you're not, if you hate hot dogs and you don't want to eat a tubular steak. Yep, it's a good alternative. It is an excellent alternative. It's lighter. You better plan on, like, having two of them, though, because they are very light. 
Yeah. And not nearly as filling, whereas one Chicago dog filled me up. No, you, you kind of have to put all the stuff on the crab dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to be very Keep hungry. Keep an uh, quick note with the sea dog, the fake crab. Keep an eye on the brands. Not all brands are equal on this. Some mm-hmm. throw in a lot of fillers. Those fillers have carbs. Others are heavier on the fish. Low carb. Uh, so you're going to have to look at the labels when you buy them. It was interesting looking at them. Similar in price, similar in size, similar in everything. You flip them over and it's like, how are these even related? They're next to each other in the same the same shelf at the grocery store. They are grossly different products. Awesome. Well, that was our let's do lunch, low-carb lunches. Jess, you got anything left to cheers? I do. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers. Let's move on to the Red Arrow Challenge. Yes. Challenge update. If you're not listening to our podcast on a regular basis, the Red Arrow Challenge is a multi-sport challenge. You can compete in your selected discipline. You can go with a composite score of points, whatever. Just get active. Get moving. You can look at your age group. You can go overall. It doesn't matter. The important part is get active and enjoy life. Get out there. So, last week, who are our champions? Swimming. 9 and under, Vivian. 10 to 19, JoJo. 20 to 29, H. Kaner 305. H. Kaner 305 beat Gator Boy by 100 meters. <gasps> by the way, we don't know these guys Mm-mm. or girls or, or however they self-identify. But uh, we're guessing with the Kane part in there, H. Kane, like Hurricane 305 is Miami's area code. Gator Boy, uh, Florida Gators. Of course, we went to Florida State, so that's why we're thinking. I'm thinking we got two uh, Florida boys, girls, whatever. Florida people here competing. Uh, HK 305 came out on top in swimming by 100 meters. 30 to 39, Mrs. Coach. 40 to 49, L. Tiburon 95. 50 to 59, didn't go swimming. 60 to 69, kilogram mill. And no one older than that wanted to get wet. Running. Nine and under, Yellow Ninja. 10 to 19 was Soleil. Soleil beat out Ronin Runs by 0.08 kilometers. Wow. So close. Way to go, Soleil. 20 to 29, H. Kaner 305. 30 to 39, Helmet 85. 40 to 49, A. Palomino. 50 to 59, J. Mar. And no one older than that. Hmm. Walking. Nine and under, Lil Marsh, 10 to 19, JoJo, 20 to 29, Smytha, 30 to 39, Becky B, 40 to 49, A. Palomino, 50 to 59, A.R. Miller, 60 to 69, Kilogram Hill, 70 to 79, No No Don. Biking on road. Nine and under, Lil Marsh, 10 to 19, JoJo, 20 to 29, Gator Boy, way to go, Gator Boy, you beat out H. Gator 305. <laughs> 30 to 39, Cyclopath. 40 to 49, Try Try Again. 50 to 59, J. Mar. 60 to 69, Kilogram Hill. 70 to 79, No No Done. Biking Off-Road. No, 9 and Unders went off-road. But 10 to 19, Sadie 2009. 
20-29 was again a tie between Smytha and Super Mario. 30-39-year-old stayed on the pavement. 40-49, Cyclone. And older than that, uh, they don't want to go off-road. Sit down, paddling. 9 and under was Will B. 10 to 19 was Connor B. 20 to 29 was Gator Boy. 30 to 39 was too busy to go paddling. 40 to 49 was A. Palomino. 50 to 59 was A.R. Miller. And 60 to 69 was our favorite gangster member, the notorious Kilogram Ill. Stand up paddling. 10 to 19, Ronin runs. 20 to 29, H. Keener 305, who beat Gator Boy by 0.68 kilometers. Ooh. No 30 to 39 year olds. Hmm. No 40 to 49 year olds. But that 50 to 59, A.R. Miller, and 60 to 69, Kilogram Ill. Cross country skiing. Those who listen to this every week probably can guess. 40 to 49, El Tiburon 95. <laughs> 50 to 59, Big Juan 64. If I had to guess, these are our only two members who either live in a very cold climate or own a Nordic Trek. <laughs> Not sponsored by Nordic Trek. Skating. 10 to 19, Sadie 2009. 20 to 29, Gator Boy. No 30 to 39 year olds, but 40 to 49, Great Juan. Hockey. We have a hockey member, somebody in a state that's actually opened up. Wow. Clearly not Michigan, or they're doing it illegally in Michigan. Uh, actually, in Michigan, if you're doing a private session, you can get away with it. But if you are doing USA Hockey, and you have a reputable rink or rink manager, you can't get on the ice yet. Mm. But, like, say you own a rink, and you just want to go out and test out your ice, you can do whatever. Yes. Uh, by the way, I'm not implying that this is our local rink owner because he is not in this age group. No. But at 40 to 49, great one. All uh, right. Managed to burn 731 calories playing hockey. That's awesome. And there's a lot of states that are open, uh, that, so it doesn't narrow down, but I'm guessing they're not in Michigan. Nope. Good for great one. I'm insanely jealous. Points. Nine and under was Vivian. 10 to 19, Ronin runs. 20 to 29, was it Gator Boy? Was it HK under 305? Was it MC Grant? No, MC Grant didn't turn in anything this week. It was HK under 305 on top. 30 to 39, Helmet 85. 40 to 49, A Palomino. 50 to 59, J Mar. 60 to 69, Kilogram Hill. 70 to 79, No No Don. No 80 to 89 year olds in our group yet. That's low hanging fruit. Just sign up and you're going to win. 90 and up. Ditto. Nobody in there right now. And then there were the featured members. I swam. I ran. I walked. That's about all I did. I didn't get in my kayak and I didn't get on my bike this last week. And I won all those. Hooray. There was also the virtual race. I think we talked about this a few episodes ago. The uh, the coach, when we did our virtual racing episode, the coach of one of the rival uh, cross-country teams and track teams I go against, a uh, good friend of mine, a uh, professional colleague in the coaching ranks, nice guy, challenged me, challenged my runners on my teams, and also challenged the families in general to against him, uh, his runners 
the families of his runners to a local 5K, which got turned into a virtual 5K because of COVID. Uh, a few of us signed up. We did it. And yes, the, the 5K benefited his team. You know, it's like, look, it was transparent, but I'd rather help him raise funds. And we beat them at their best going, oh, too bad you couldn't afford training equipment or you couldn't afford new uniforms. Uh, we did a, you know, my teams did a benefit fundraiser. I'm pretty sure he would be there doing the exact same thing. Agreed. So we did it. We uh, we ran the virtual 5K. I ran it on an established cross-country course so that I knew it was measured, it was correct, and I wasn't just running off a cell phone signal pseudo GPS app. I wasn't running off my Fitbit GPS. I wanted something that was measured and set. And pretty happy with myself. There's personal records, and then there's what myself and a few other coaches and adults I work with have what we call our adult personal records. I don't think I'm ever beating what I did as a high school student running on the cross country team. But since getting morbidly obese, getting fat, getting over 300 pounds, it's been a battle to get back. And in my adult life, this was the fastest 5K I've ever run. Awesome. New PR as an adult. That's amazing. Uh, working my way down. Uh, high school me would have gone, oh, not too impressive. But uh, adult me is going, holy cow. And... I was excited because I did that virtual race uh, a few weeks ago where we did the multi-sport race where I had to swim, bike, run, kayak in one day. Mm -hmm. And at that point, that was a PR for me in the 5K run and or 5K piece doing running. And I'd already biked and swam and I was knew I had a kayak coming up. But this, I shaved off even more time. It's amazing what you can do when you haven't been swimming and biking beforehand and you don't have to go kayaking afterwards. Yeah. So new PR for me. Broke into the 24s. I know, like, people out there who are, you know, have always been in shape and are always racing. It's like, oh, that's nothing exciting. Or your high school, I don't think my high school runners listen to this, but if they are, like, most of the team beats that coach. That's not a big deal. Like, well, you're not 40 and you didn't used to weigh 325 pounds. So deal with it, guys. Uh, Talk to me when you have. (laughs) And hopefully you're not talking to me about that because I don't wish that on my worst enemy. Overall in this race, out of those who turned in their results, and about 60% of the people who signed up because it was all online, actually got around to completing the race and turning in their results. I ended up fifth overall. Awesome. Third overall for males. Even better. Second among males in my age group. Yay. And that new adult uh, PR. My team, quote unquote, because we just went with uh, middle school and high school aged um runners who participated in this versus the other team came in second out of two teams we were looking at the group of all the related families and we went off of last names and trying to figure out who was related to who our families came out in first though well that's fantastic it was a lot of fun uh kid one did it with me too Mm -hmm. um and she's i mean she's still working she had to walk part of it because we're at the point where she oh we actually didn't talk about it her goal, and we'll have her back to talk, so we'll pretend like we didn't talk about this, but her goal for the end of August was to be able to run two miles without walking. She hit that on Father's Day. We were out fishing, and we were fishing near one of the cross-country courses, and she decided to go for a two-mile run, and she went the whole thing, and I'm like, okay, let's go a mile and a quarter without walking, and we got to the mile marker, and I thought she was going to die. It was hot. It was the afternoon. It was, it was hot, hot and muggy, and I'm like, do you need to walk? And she shook her head. We get to a mile quarter. Do you need to walk? 
She shook her head. Like, are you trying to go all the way to the end without walking? She's like, nods, yes. (laughs) So we did. And then we followed up. The next day, we went downtown. I did mention we went downtown for the cross-country course. Mm -hmm. Practice run by the beach. And she did it again. That's so good. And then we took Tuesday off for his rest day. And then we've been out since then. We've gone back to that same course. And she keeps running these two-mile courses. And every day, time's coming off her two-mile. And she's not walking. And she's doing great. So the next time we probe a 5K, I'm hoping we can get something better. But That's fantastic. I'm still in. She finished it. She ran it. None of my other middle schoolers who are signed up for cross country ran this virtual 5K. I did have a high schooler. I did have her mom do it too. But um, I'm totally impressed with her. Me too. She's an amazing little kid. Yep. Speaking of amazing, <laughs> I got an amazing wife. How'd your week go? <laughs> my week was a little bit better. I swam and I walked. And anything else? Yes. My back still hurts, so I'm easing into the workouts again. But the really big news is that I finally, after two years of working on this, made it to under 200 pounds. 200? Two years? How how, was the last time you were under 200 pounds? When I was pregnant with kid number one because I was super sick. Kid number one is about to turn 11. Yeah. So this is a really big deal. I finally made it to Wonderland. But really, um, I've been working on losing this to hit this particular goal, it was about 27 pounds. So I've lost it. It's gone. And I'm super excited. And you've done it in a healthy manner, too. You didn't right. like do starvation. No. You didn't do crazy fad diets. You've been trying to do it the right way. The hard part, though, I, I thought you were going to cry when you hurt your back because you were making good progress. And all of a sudden, exercise went out the window. So it had to be a hardcore focus on diet. Right. And that's actually what prompted this whole episode for lunches was because I was really good. I don't really eat breakfast, but when I do, I'm, I'm very good about doing low carb. And for dinner, we're always doing low carb because it works for you and it works for the kids. Um, but lunches were always a struggle because I was like, oh, I don't know what to eat. I just well, want a sandwich and, or something. And, and the kid piece, too, they go so carb heavy at lunch. They do. It's that we almost need it. Lots of chips. Because we're not trying to put our kids on a low carb diet. We're just trying to balance out the carb feast they're having at lunch. Right. Um. So we we did all of this, and it actually worked really well because I lost that last three pounds that I've been working on to get me to this goal. So yay! Nice. Yeah, it's a good week. Yeah. Uh, how's the current week going? It's going well. I've been in the pool. I've done. More laps than last week, so that's exciting. And maybe later this weekend I'll try and get on my bike, maybe. We'll see. How's your week going? You know what? It's not spectacular. I mean, and it's normal to have up and down weeks. Uh, this week, uh, converting over with Kid 1 to running the two-mile course, because we have been doing four and a half to five miles, plus the warm-up run every other day. Plus, I was going out for a run so I could go at a faster pace, because I was really building up to that virtual 5k uh this week we're doing shorter runs i've been swamped on working on my computer on stuff all day and it just hasn't been working out and then when we got in the pool i really just wanted to play with the kids yeah instead of swimming laps uh because a lot of times we get in and it's like dad's got to swim laps i gotta you know what you swim laps i'm gonna play with the kids (laughs) i'm gonna have fun so this is not going to be a stellar week for me coming up uh, in terms of stuff. And like today, we were out for a run this morning, and I'm looking like, 
Oh, the big lake. Lake Michigan looks great for kayaking. Yeah, I spent the rest of the day on the computer. So it happens. It happens. Uh, stuff's got to get done. So hopefully I'll get some more work, workouts in. Um, Saturday's forecast doesn't look spectacular. Hopefully tomorrow Hopefully tomorrow and Sunday we'll get some stuff in. But also uh, the rest of the week looks like it's going to be muggy. The week ahead looks muggy. So even if working out in the morning is going to be uncomfortable. But i got to get back on my bike because coming up in July, we've got another one of these multi-sport virtual races coming oh, yeah. up for the Summer Racing Club. And I'm still thrilled that this year, over last year, I improved 17 minutes. And I don't want to regress backwards. It really is. Well, when you shed a ton of weight, it also helps. But I'm also getting more comfortable uh, stretched out and low on my bike, too. That helps. So less weight, more aerodynamic. The runs are getting faster. The swimming's getting stronger because I, I guess I have less drag with less of the beer gut. Uh, the kayaking's staying about the same. Yeah. Which you would have figured. But yeah, so it's fun. So that's the that's the recap of the Red Arrow Challenge. Uh, we'll, next week we'll have the next round of winners. If uh, you're participating, keep trying, keep working, get your names on there. Uh, if you're not participating, uh, why not? It's you know, sign up. Let's do it's it. It's fun. Come play with us. Yeah. Well, that about does it for this episode of the Red Arrow Health and Wellness Podcast. Check us out online. Download all our episodes. Subscribe. Uh, we'll be back next week with another new episode of the Red Arrow Health Wellness Podcast. But for now, Jessica, it's been fun. Loads of fun, Marco. Next week. Same place, same time. Yay. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye.